Hello and welcome to the Chichester Festival Theatre Podcast. We'll be chatting through everything from Festival 2018 to the backstage crew and beyond. I'm George Bailey and I will be your host for this series. Joining me will be a whole bunch of incredible guests in interviews, chats and other fun segments. So sit back, relax and enjoy what we have in store for you. So joining me now, I've got Petra Latang and Wella Mbusi, cast of Random and Generations. Hello to you both. Hello. Hi. How are you doing today? You all right? Doing very well, thank oh, you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Good. Jumping straight in, what was the appeal for you both of doing a Debbie Tucker Green piece? And what are the kind of challenges of each of the pieces, respectively? I'm a fan of Debbie's anyway. I've worked with Ms Tucker Green before. We did Truth and Reconciliation at the Royal Court. But prior to that, I'd, I'd worked with Debbie when she was just starting out I don't know if it was just starting out for her but it was definitely for me my first like my debut theatre appearance and at the time Debbie was like in stage management and and she was our our lighting stage manager person on a play that I did called Breath Boom and so I've known her for quite a few years and, and just over the years have done loads of different workshops I really love how rhythmic and melodic her her writing is but it's also not to be frowned upon because it's actually quite tricky to get the flow of her work. And if, if you haven't got it, then it's, you can just look bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, the actor, can look bad yeah. if you're not delivering it the way that it's intended, the way that she wants it to sound. In terms of what made me want to do Random, I actually saw the original production of it with um, Nadine Marshall at the Royal Court. I remember after seeing that show, just feeling like, wow, I can't wait to get to the point where I have the confidence to do something like this. At the time, I thought, oh my God, I would be so scared. Like, just me on the stage by myself, like, telling this hour-long story and going, taking the audience on a journey that was so gripping. I think there's a misconception that a one woman or one man show is easy it's easy because it's just you speaking and you know you're playing different characters so as an actor come on it's a dream but actually to hold an audience for an hour and actually have them completely be immersed in your world is really tricky and Nadine did that so when this opportunity came up, like all these years later, I want to say like eight, nine, ten years later, one, I felt ready, and two, I was up for the challenge. Like, I thought, I am definitely not going to be a wuss and say no to this because I think it would just be brilliant. And I think it's just, it is like an actor's dream and nightmare because it is such a huge challenge, but also very re- rewarding if you get it right. And, and I just hope that I do it justice. That's my reason. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, unlike Petra, I've never met Debbie before at all, but I am familiar with Generations. I saw it, I think it was 2014. I think it was The Young Vic. It was a while back now. And uh, also just being South African myself, it just was something that really appealed to me and it resonated with me in every way, in every way you can think of. But also uh, I saw Truth and Reconciliation as well, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. And I think... The appeal for me with her work was just how her characters have to deal with like very immediate emotional states and just going there, you know. But but she doesn't just go there in a very kind of non-specific way. She has a, a specific way of working, like the way of the way that she writes, 
which is Debbie Tucker Green's specific, yeah. you know, um, stamp, um, the rhythm, you know, the, um, and as you said, the, the melody, and also just the structure of the pieces are very specific to her. And I've heard that she's very um, particular about <laughs> the use of, of grammar and obviously not changing punctuality, you know, punctuation yeah. and all of that, yeah. you, know, you know, she's very specific to all of that. I, I kind of like that generally because I think that in itself says a lot about what the writer is trying to communicate. That appealed to me as well. I think the pieces themselves just, she kind of drew me in. And Truth and Reconciliation was so beautifully done. Um, taking a subject matter like that anyway, I mean, it was, it was quite heavy. It was, mm. quite, it was quite heavy going. Mm. Yeah. But there were elements that carried you across it. But yeah, that's what really got me into her work. And obviously, mm -hmm. I got cast in her play. Speaking about that kind of, you know, structure and narrative and, and those kind of beats in the play, they've got such, both plays have got such an incredible emphasis on language um, and pacing and kind of repetitions and rhythms. Mm. Does that approach how you, does that change how you approach kind of stage in the play, learning lines? How has it kind of affected rehearsals? It does affect how you, how I anyway, learn my lines. In terms of learning the dialogue, remembering the dialogue, I'm actually having to have the script in hand for majority of rehearsals. There's something about, like well, I said, um, the punctuation, and I know, I've, because I've worked with Debbie, I know that she is very particular. So, unless you have a photographic memory, <laughs> you really do need to have the script in hand to look out for the dot dot dots and the commas and the full stops and the whatever it is that she's put emphasis on in her text. It, it's very important because it can, it can take the meaning of, of what you're saying or what you're trying to, to portray um, just somewhere else that Debbie doesn't necessarily... Um, want you to take it so um, yes it's a complete I think it, it is a completely different way of of working than you would with with any other author playwrights work yeah I mean I think I think that applies to us as well even though it's a company of six people it's very difficult to learn the text independently because the punctuation is so interwoven with the other person's text that to learn them in isolation it's almost it's almost redundant actually I mm. would say because we have to discover what those breaks imply before you can answer mm. and what what my intention is in relation to, what, to how you respond I mean the text as you said is riddled with um, quotation marks uh, interruptions um, ellipses that you you know they are so specifically placed in the text that She's trying to say something. I mean, with some pieces, you can learn them by yourself because you have a full stop. You have, you know, you have a couple of full stops, three or four pages where you know this is my chunk, and you can blankly learn them. Yeah. But with this, it's hard. I, I find I, I need to shell out what the other characters are thinking, feeling, and what they want to communicate so as to be able to respond yeah. as well. Absolutely. And yeah. in that respect, then, is it strange being on your own in this play to then be watching the, the Generations cast then be working together to learn their lines. Have you found that difficult? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is so tricky. Um, I was just saying before we started recording that um, in terms of 
are the lines going into my head? Yes, they are. And that's purely because we are um, in rehearsals, basically going over and over, blocking and um, just doing the scenes over and over again. It's extremely difficult to be at home <laughs> and just be sitting there. It's not, And it's not even a matter of discipline either. It's just really tricky mm. to try to, to learn, <laughs> to try to learn Debbie's work. <laughs> um, she hasn't made it easy, but I think that is the beauty of her work also. And I think it's it's evident when you see her her work done well when it's when it's produced on on stage it's evident that okay like e- even in those beats and those pauses and quiet moments there's something happening like it forces the actor to to work and to actually think about what's happening in those moments so yes it's tricky but um, thankfully, I know it can be done because I've seen it. <laughs> I think had I come to this and not known that it had been done, I would have, I don't know, probably would have had a breakdown by now. But because I know um, that it has been done, um, I know it's possible and yeah. it will happen. It's mm. going to happen. <laughs> it will. It will happen. It's um, happening. <laughs> so, um, Wella, you've performed on the festival stage in yeah. the tour of Running Wild. Um, and Petra, this is going to be your debut in Chichester, which is crazy. Exciting. Um, but it's both of your debuts in the Minerva. How will performing in a kind of smaller, intimate venue affect you personally as a performer? Are you excited about the challenges of kind of engaging that more intimate space? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm always excited to um, work in new theatre spaces, like regardless of the size of the space. I'm not sure I have a preference to the size of like... A theatre space but I do know that for random it definitely lends itself to a more intimate space and it being you know just one person on stage I think it's I think it's beneficial for the audience to be a smaller audience for a smaller theatre it's intense and I think I think it's necessary and I think the audience are definitely going to feel it so yeah I think it's exciting and I think it's necessary for this particular production. Yeah, well, having been in the um, the main house last time I was there, which was last year, with Running Wild, it was a very different experience because obviously I was in a puppet. Very <laughs> different. It was very, very, very different. <laughs> but um, I mean, having been in other bigger houses as well, it's it's going to be absolutely fine. But never been in the Minerva. I've always wanted to perform in the Minerva. I've heard a lot about the Minerva, but um, any space has its own challenges. So um, even though I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the way that we're staging this in itself has multiple challenges just because of also what we are hoping to be doing, which will be a slightly more of an immersive experience um, for the audience as well in terms of the cooking that we're hopefully going to be doing, you know, actually using real heat. And I think there's talk of using real gas, you know, so I'm like, I don't know about health and safety with that one. (laughs) I was thinking, "Mm, I'm not sure. So, you know, those challenges on stage and just generally how we are staging it. Are we going to include the audience in some bits or not? We also have a choir around the stage itself. I mean, Benerva, the way that it's, from what I understand when I saw the model, it's kind of like thrusty-ish. 
but also you've got the bits on the side where the where the choir will be and how we interact with the choir on stage we're going to have to negotiate that in relation with the audience as well yeah I've never been in the Minerva but I'm looking forward to working in that space it all sounds so exciting I'm literally so excited <laughs> um, and so just two quick last questions for you both obviously we're really excited to have two new Craig directors in this play and she's part of this like brilliant set of like new young directors emerging in British theatre how has it been working with her so far? Um, is her approach really different to sort of other directors you work with that might be a bit more mature? I wouldn't say that it's different to any other directors that I've worked with. And it's definitely a, a collaborative effort with Tina and, and myself. So I like the way she works and I didn't come with, with any preconceived kind of notion about her age or or anything like that. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how old she is. But I know she's young. Be, uh, oh, really? I, I don't know she's even... young. But, um, yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, I think when we first started, it was very clear that she had an idea of how she wanted it to look. So it was nice coming in to a project with just a shell. But definitely, I would agree with Petra and say that she allows you to collaborate. Definitely. Mm. Also, maybe, which is part of the reason why I feel so at ease um, and just trust Tinu, is because the week before we started rehearsals, we actually had a meeting. We met up in like central London and we spoke about the play and what we thought, you know, what, what our similarities were on ideas that we had for it. And so, yeah, it's, it's actually like just working with a mate. <laughs> and obviously, random being the one-woman show, we have to really kind of have an understanding. And um, obviously, our work ethic, I think, is pretty much the same. So I just feel relaxed working with her. It's certainly a very collaborative atmosphere. I enjoy working with directors who imply trust in, in the sense that they'll let you explore enough before they can rein you in if you go you know way too far but she's easy enough to sort of allow you to explore as much as you can and 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 i think actually there's something about a director who's honest enough to kind of go do you know what there is the shell but actually i might not fully see where these characters are and i'm willing to go on that journey with you because i always find I certainly produce some of my best work when I'm allowed to kind of play a little bit. And we're actors, you know, sometimes you have to let actors be children. Yeah. And you rein them in, you know. Yeah. You can't, you know, organised fun sometimes can kind of curb not only enthusiasm, but I guess creativity. But yeah. I've really felt that in this experience. But also, because she's been rehearsing random um, and this back to back, that level of trust means that we, if she stipulates come back next week having learnt um, this amount of text, we just have to do it or else mm. if we break the trust mm. then you know because it is an unusual I mean I've never rehearsed a production where a director is um, directing two plays simultaneously back to back so um, in that but but it seems to be working like clockwork yeah I, f I feel safe now I've never really really questioned that I've never really I kind of thought about it because everything seems to be working so yeah, yeah I feel easy about it yeah. yeah and so one last thing you got one sentence to tell people why they should see these plays and you've got 10 seconds to think of it. Maybe Weller if you take Generations and Petra if you take Random. Generations-wise, I would probably say come and see it because in Chichester it's something that you'll probably, I'm hoping you'll see again in the future, but it's certainly something you don't, you wouldn't normally see in Chichester. I would say definitely come and see Random and Generations, but come and see Random if you are open to being taken on a journey a journey being being told by one person 
don't let that put you off because it is and it will be gripping and I dare you not to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. Well, thank you both for joining me today so much. It's been lovely chatting to you. So Random Generations runs in Chichester from May the 4th to June the 2nd. So do come on down and I hope the rest of the rehearsals go fantastically well. Cheers. Thank you. You have been listening to the Chichester Festival Theatre Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please do like and rate our series on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, or leave us a comment on our Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening.